This is the Peter Creek Presbyterian Church Podcast. Here at Peter Creek, we honor God by making more disciples for Jesus Christ. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged with this week's message from Pastor Kelly Baldridge. Please take your copy of God's Word and turn with me to the Gospel of Luke in chapter 2. These next uh, four Sundays, we are doing a, a special series and we are taking certain Christmas carols that we sing, that we love, and we are setting them uh, side by side with the scriptures. Our goal is not to debunk the carols. Our goal is actually to see how they point to the truth of God's word. And so they do help us to sing the truth of God's word, and that's our desire is to see how they do so. Uh, The hymn or carol we sung today, Good Christian Men Rejoice, is the one we're considering today. Uh, John Mason Neal penned the translation of this medieval carol. It was often in Latin or in German, but it was in German during the Reformation so that people could sing it together. Still in that time, we didn't have access to the Bible like we do today. We can grab a phone and pull up the Bible and scroll on our phone with ease. Many of us have more Bibles than we know what to do with, and many of us, unfortunately, do not crack them open. But in that time, there wasn't uh, an array of Scripture abroad, around, to grab, to read, but they would sing. And by singing, they would sing truth. They would sing to each other, and they would sing to God. And in doing so, one of the carols that they would sing and learn biblical truth is Good Christian Men Rejoice. And so that's why we sung it today, and that's why we're considering it in this series. But let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing on the reading of his word. Most gracious Father, we do pray and ask that you would bless the reading of your word and that your word would speak truth to our hearts. And Father, may we be able be changed and transformed by it, by your spirit. And Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name, and amen. Hear the word of the Lord, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. At the beginning of Luke 2, a baby is born. Like any birth, an announcement follows. And it's an announcement of good news. Most baby announcements are good news. But this isn't just any announcement. It's not just something that is a small ad in the local paper, though actually it appears as if it's so. But this is an announcement of the birth 
of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. An announcement of good news. And in this announcement, there is a lesson concerning the gospel. What is this good news? What is the gospel that is good news? A lesson that we will do well to consider. The carol, Good Christian Men Rejoice, is itself an announcement of this good news. Good Christian Men Rejoice. It is a call to rejoice in the good news. It is a call to praise God for the good news that Christ is born today. It's an announcement of this good news, and that's why we sing it. So when we consider this announcement, we want to to first ask the question, who does this announcement come to? Because in this passage, this announcement comes to a particular set of people, a particular group of people. We've considered this thought before, but it's one worthy of mentioning as we also consider good Christian men rejoice. Who does this announcement come to? We are obviously on the other side looking into the story. We know about Jesus. We know about the Savior who was born in in Bethlehem. We know about the Savior that for him there was no room in the inn. We understand that it was a cave. We often picture a barn, but it was probably a cave out back behind the inn. That he was wrapped in swaddling cloths. That he was laid in a manger, which is like a feeding trough for animals. And we also know who this one is. It's Christ the Lord. He is God become flesh. He's the king of all creation. He is God incarnate. Now, that we know that, who would you expect him to come to? Who would you expect this this savior, this one who is the king of all creation to come to? Where do you think his announcement would make it to? Well, the royal palace. The kings and the leaders of the world surely should hear about his coming. We would expect the announcement to be broadcast on the nightly news. We would expect everyone to hear of what has happened. Breaking news, the Savior has come. The King has come. The Lord of all and the King of kings has come. We would expect royalty, those who are white-collar society, the high society, the nobility to hear. But the announcement comes to nearby shepherds. So in verses 1 through 7, we we didn't read this, but that is the the famous passage read uh, at your home on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, and and you know the story of Jesus and his birth, and then the announcement of his birth comes in verse 8, and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, to them, the shepherds. Shepherds weren't nobility. Shepherds weren't respected. Shepherds weren't wealthy. Shepherds weren't high in society. In fact, in the Middle East, from Egypt to Israel, shepherds were considered untrustworthy. 
And by the time of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, they were not even allowed to testify in the court of law because you couldn't believe. So who receives the announcement of this good news? The shepherds. Untrustworthy, dirty, rotten shepherds. The good news comes to sinners. The good news is not meant to go to those who already think highly of themselves, but the good news of the gospel comes to those who know that they are sinners. These shepherds, they knew who they were. They knew that they were rotten. They knew how how crooked they could be. They knew how untrustworthy they were and how they were perceived in the world. They knew they needed a savior. The shepherds knew that they were sinners. And that, my friends, is the very ones that Christ comes to. The first announcement of the birth of Jesus Christ doesn't go to those who already think so highly of themselves that they would never receive the announcement. But it goes to the ones who need the announcement of good news. It goes to the ones who are out of luck. It goes to the ones who are heartbroken. It goes to the ones who do their work at night. It comes to the shepherds. It comes to sinners. And this teaches us about the grace of God. It teaches us that God As he comes into the world, he did not come for those who think they have no need of a savior. But the grace of God is seen here that the gospel, the good news, the announcing of the birth of Jesus Christ comes to the lowly shepherd. And in Luke chapter five, Jesus would say himself, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners repentance. This is why he came, and this is for whom he came. There is good news for you and I, friends. You and I are amongst these shepherd sinners. We are sinners. The good news has been announced to you. It's been announced to me. It's been announced to us. The announcement comes to those who need it, now, how did these shepherds react? The glory of the Lord shone around them, so they were in the presence of God. And appearing to them was an angel of the Lord. They responded how any sinner ought to respond in the presence of the Lord. Those who are proud, those who have self-righteousness before the Lord, they would not tremble. But these shepherds who knew their place before the Lord trembled and was seen to be in great fear. The text tells us they were filled with great fear. When God shows up in this way throughout the scriptures, there is fear. And the reason for the fear is because of what these men are. They're sinners and God is holy. This is 
what it should do to us. This is how we should feel. But the beautiful thing about this good news is it doesn't leave them in their fear. Notice what happens. The angel says to them, fear not. Fear not. We are in fear, rightly so, but the Lord speaks through his messengers and tells us we have good news for you. There is no reason to fear, for behold, good news has come. And so the angel says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. These shepherds, why were they not to be afraid? Well, good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Give ye heed to what we say. Jesus Christ is born today. Fear not. The Savior has come The Messiah has come. Fear not. You will remain in your sins no longer. Fear not. Death will have no hold on you any longer. Fear not. You may be ridiculed by man, but you will be accepted by God. The Savior has come. Fear not. Instead, Rejoice. This is good news that gives great joy. Their fears ought to turn to joy and rejoicing. This is comfort for all of their fears. This announcement of good news is for them and for all the people. This is time for rejoicing. Judgment would not be coming for them today, though they probably expected it as the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And this did not happen very often in the scriptures. We're not to read the Bible and think that this happens all the time. No, it's often rare, which is the wrong way of saying that, isn't it? But it is rare that this happens. And yet here in this moment, judgment was what they were expecting, but rather salvation has come. Fear would give way to a great joy. And so the carol writer calls us to express that great joy with every fiber of our being with heart and soul and voice. All of us, all of who we are, should rejoice in the coming of Jesus Christ, the Savior. All of us, all of our words, all of our actions, all of our hands and our hearts, our heart and our soul and our voice should rejoice in Jesus Christ who has come. The announcement of good news wouldn't be good news without substance, though. It's not just, hey, I've got good news for you. But there's a reason for good news. A Savior. A Savior who is Christ the Lord, who has been born. Christ is born today. Christ is born today. You shepherds are sinners. You shepherds need a savior. Here he is. Rejoice. Here is the one who saves you. Here's the one who makes it right. Here's the one who will change you and transform you. 
the long-expected Messiah, the Christ, the servant of the Lord, the eternal King, has indeed come. And you would expect all of heaven and earth to be rejoicing. You would expect all the kings of the earth to come and give penance to him. You would expect pomp and circumstance. John Mason Neal instead writes, ox and ass before him bow. And he is in the manger now. All heaven and earth should be bowing before him. But the irony of it all is that this child who cries with the same voice who spoke the world into existence is not even given a room for his birth. Whether there were oxen and donkeys there, we're not certain. But you get the point. The animals are there. The royalty and the king's and the nobility are not. So what is the announcement of good news? What is this announcement of good news? Well, we've already started to consider this, but let's look at a couple more specifics. The angel proclaims, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior. The angel is teaching them something about the gospel. The baby is a savior. He's the one who will save his people from their sins, but he's here for you. He, he looks to these shepherds. He's not just making an announcement. Hey, come and see this really important baby. Come and see this baby that, that will rule and be king. He doesn't look to these shepherds and say, hey, hey, there's this really cool thing that you ought to see. I don't know how this made it into my sermon, but it is. I visited a place in Ashland called Jolly Pirate. You know that, don't you? Well, the, the lady there, she, uh, she looked at me and she was taking my order and she said, your voice, should I know it? And I said, should you? And I said it in a way that was kind of odd to Jody. And the lady thought that I was a famous, now bear with me for those of you who do not know what this is, but I was a famous TikToker. And I don't know what that meant. But nonetheless, she, she thought I was this well-known person or something. And for her, that was a cool experience to meet. She said her son watches uh, this person on, uh, on TikTok. And I, didn't, I told her I don't have TikTok. But the way I said it, I think she thought I was playing it off. And so she met this famous TikToker. But nonetheless, it's cool, isn't it, when we meet a celebrity, when we just see someone that we, we think is nice, that's nice. It's good, it's cool, it's, it's very warming to us. But this is not the scene here. It's not just that they get to see Jesus who is the Christ, but the angel tells them, he is for you. It's almost as if the celebrity would say, I'm here for you. But, but Jesus is not just a celebrity, is he? He is God. He is the Savior. He is the Lord. Now, the, the, the word Lord there, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but that's the name for God. God is not God's name. But in the Old Testament, he tells us his name is Yahweh. And the Greek translation of that word is Lord. 
And so when they tell the shepherds, this is Christ, the Lord, this is Yahweh. Somehow the one who spoke all things into existence is laying in this manger. And he has been born unto you. He's for you. In other words, we need to see how the gospel comes to us because it comes to us just like it came to the shepherds. You were still in your sins. You still needed forgiveness. You needed atonement. And so the gift of this child is for you. And that's the immensity of it all. We can say, he came for me. He came for me. Oh, he came for me. Can you imagine that that is what Christ has done? He has come for you. He is the Lord. He comes as a man born as a babe, a human baby. He is wrapped in swaddling cloths, but he's also wrapped in flesh. He takes upon himself human flesh. He understands us, but he is also God. He is the Lord, Christ the Lord. And this babe is somehow Yahweh. He has come to save his people indeed. And so we hear the, the second verse, he came for me. We hear this and we hear this, good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Now ye hear of endless bliss. Jesus Christ was born for this. He was born for this. He hath opened the heavenly door and man is blessed forevermore. Christ was born for this. Christ was born for this. He is the one who allows us to have a relationship with the Father. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me, Jesus says. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. The only way to heaven is through him, and that is why he's come. And he has come for you so that you would have a way to heaven, so that you would have a way to God. And he is also God himself, and that is why he's able to bring us all the way home. And so we sing, now ye need not fear the grave. Jesus Christ was born to save, calls you one and call you all to gain his everlasting hall. Christ was born to save. Christ was born to save. He didn't come to save us from our physical enemies on earth. He didn't come to save the shepherds from those who despise them. He didn't come to make them likable. He came to give them life. He came to give them life. He came to give you eternal life. The grave would have no hold on us. There's no reason to fear death because we have been given life in him so that even death itself would not be something we fear because this babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger would be one who was born to die and he would defeat death with his own death 
And also he would defeat that which causes death, sin itself. He is a savior. So what is this good news? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. What wonderful news it is for us that Jesus comes for sinners. There is not a person in this room, whether you are young or old, that is not a sinner. We are all sinners and have fallen short of the glory of God. But the good news of the gospel is that there is a Savior who came for sinners like us. And our hope at Christmas, but friends, our hope every day of our lives and every Lord's Day is that he came for sinners like us. So what do we do with this? Well, we answer the call of the gospel. We answer the call, calls you one and all to gain his everlasting hall. Christ was born to save. Christ was born to save. If you think you're far from the grace of God, oh, you've heard the message of the gospel today that Christ was born to save. That's why he came. And that's why we worship him because he is our savior. And so the good news of the gospel causes us to rejoice with all our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our voice. Let's pray. Most gracious Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for these who are gathered here who know the Savior. I pray that they would rejoice in him. And I pray, Father, for those who have not put their faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, that you would cause them to repent of their sin and come to Christ, that they would hear the gospel call in the song that we've sung, but also in the word that has been proclaimed. Father, that we would see that there is a Savior that has been born unto us, unto us, for us. Oh, what beauty the gospel contains in the fact that Jesus, the Savior, has come for sinners such as us. And we rejoice in him. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If God has used this message to influence you or you would like more information about our church, Connect with us on the Peter Creek Presbyterian Church Facebook page. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages from Pastor Kelly Baldridge.